You are listening to the Movie Cheer Podcast. The best place for movie topics and blockbuster discussions. Welcome to Movie Cheer Town. This episode of the Movie Cheer Podcast is dedicated to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, who passed away this past week. Welcome to the Movie Cheer Podcast, the show for movie fans. I am your host, AP, aka Mr. Movie Cheer, and on today's episode of the Movie Cheer Pod, it will be a four love and thunder discussion. That is right. Four Love and Thunder hit Disney Plus on Disney Plus Day this past week, and I thought it'd be great to finally do a discussion on this new movie, this new Marvel movie, the fourth movie in the four franchise. So that will be today's headline topic, doing a deep dive into that movie. Um, But before we get to today's headline topic, I like to start off every show with a segment called Not So Worthy Blockbuster Housekeeping. That is right. Uh, Not So Worthy Blockbuster Housekeeping, this is the part of the show where I discuss what's going on with the channel, with the Movie Cheer Town community, and it's just a general easing in chit-chat for the rest of the show. So, not-so-worthy blockbuster housekeeping for this week, ladies and gents. What's been going on in Movie Cheer Town? Uh, well, first off, uh, latest video this week, um, I, I did another quick topics video, and the, the the headline question, I always start these with like a headline question as well, was uh, 4K, will it be the last uh, final physical media format? And uh, yeah, these these videos, uh, these quick topics, I've done a few of them over the past few weeks and I'll, they've get, been getting really a decent amount of views and what what is more important is, you know, there's been a lot of interaction within the community, uh, discussions, what I really like to see and um, it's been great just seeing all the discussions about these different topics in these videos and this was no different, it was great to see the different discussions and just chatting with the, uh, everyone in the community as well, which was really cool. So that was the latest video came out this Thursday. Uh, latest blog post on moviecheerpodcast.com this week uh, with the big D23 Expo event and obviously Disney Plus Day this week. Uh, on Wednesday, I put out an article, a blog, uh, discussing what I think would be you know some great announcements, what I would personally, dream announcements uh, for D23 for Disney Plus. And uh, yeah, so that's the latest blog post in there. I put a few different things in there and hopefully some of those things do get announced, like different franchises, different properties over this this weekend. I've been following a bit of the D23 uh, stuff, but I've not really heard anything that's kind of blew me away as of yet. I don't think the Marvel has a film in this on on Saturday as the uh, the Marvel and the Star Wars stuff has not been uh, sort of uh, announced or anything yet. So I'm hoping... We're going to get some really cool announcements from the Marvel and Star Wars uh, front from D23. Uh, what else has been going on in Movie Cheer Town? Well, over on the Patreon side of things, uh, this past week I completed the... Um, so basically on Patreon, you know, there's a mix of bonus videos, bonus audio podcasts, bo- uh, bonus commentaries. And it really started off w- with me doing web comics on there. So I was doing web comics and just doing putting out a page every every week or two on, on the Patreon. And that's really was the starting out content on there. And uh, obviously then it's grew over time. But it started out with me doing a webcomic I, I created called Masters and Realms Purge of the Ghost. And it was based on a on a web show I made at the time a few years back. And it was just like a spin-off of that. 
And honestly, I've been doing this for over, probably it must be two years now, putting out a page and it's, it's over, I think it's like 156 pages around that mark. And it was the last page of that webcomic coming out this past week on Patreon. Uh, you can become a Patreon bonus with a minimal amount of $1, I think it is, to, to join to get all the content. You can join for just one month if you want to see some content, extra movie cheer town content. Uh, but yeah, I, I finally finished that and I was pretty glad to kind of like complete it. I, I was like, it's always, you know, good to finish off a project. I, I never like not to finish a project. And don't get me wrong, I've definitely done that in the past where certain projects I've started and I've kind of just they fizzled out. Uh, but it's a, it's nice to complete a project and I was happy to do that. Will I do more webcomics down the line? Maybe. I've got a few different ideas, but uh, let's just see. Let's, let's see what happens. But for now, there won't be any future webcomics for the time being on the, the Patreon side of things. But if you want to check out that webcomic, uh, it is over on Patreon if you want to check it out. Uh, Purge of the Ghost. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, we've got two weeks away now. Movie Cheer Fest is in two weeks' time. It starts on the Friday, the 23rd of September. That is night one of Movie Cheer Fest. And night two is, well, night one is going to be the Movie Cheer Town stage live stream. And uh, the Saturday one will be just a, a live episode of the podcast. And it's going to be great. So every three months, I do a pay-per-view show on the channel. And it's just kind of doing a lot, having a bit of the live element to the channel and also getting other people involved as well, which is always fun as well. Uh, so yeah, Movie Cheer Fest is going to be kind of like the WrestleMania of the Movie Cheer podcast. That's the way I'm bigging it up anyway. And it's going to be a two-nighter. It's going to be, uh, hopefully you get a load of different people involved in it. And I will say I've got, I've contacted a few people so far and I'm more than happy if anyone else wants to get in contact as well. They want to be involved with this. Let them drop me a message. Um, I will be announcing the full lineup for both of them night two nights next week on the show. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun event. And I'll let you know more about the general uh, running of the episodes. What's the themes going to be for the episodes as well next week on the podcast. Uh, finally... Finally, the, the final bit of not-so-worthy blockbuster housekeeping for this week is um, basically you will notice this new setup right now. I, I don't know if this is working great. I, I'll find out on the final edit later whether I'm blurring out, if it's uh, if the camera's working great or if it's all in, in sync. We'll, obviously, time will tell. But yeah, I, I've got a new setup here, um, kind of just trying to streamline the the audio setup and the recording setup trying to quiet editing as much as possible and um basically i've got a webcam now one of these uh like a, a logitech webcam so seeing how this goes seeing how this new setup goes and hopefully it kind of cuts time this will just be for the podcast episodes because it's just because there's so like the 40 40 minutes to an hour episodes and sometimes the edit time is like like an, it's like another two hours editing it down and I kind of just wanted it all to go record it into a laptop straight away, do some little small cuts, throw it out there. And that is the plan of action now with the podcast episodes. But yeah, it's going to be a new setup. It's going to take time to fine tune it. But I always think these, it's, these things, it's baby steps. Uh, it might not sound the same as normal. It will probably sound a bit different. I will get it sounding as better and better every single week. Uh, but yeah, it's just small steps, but I hope you like it. Let me know your thoughts on the new setup, and uh, hopefully in a second as well, when we hit the headline topic, we're going to have uh, another new jingle hitting. If all goes to plan, 
uh, God, I'm, I'm, you know what? This might not even go this episode. It might be that bad. The uh, the footage. I'm, I'm hoping not. The test footage was all okay. Uh, keep keep my fingers crossed. All this will be okay. So this is what if you're watching on the video version of the podcast. Uh, but yeah, I'm happy with it, and it's so far it looks like we're running smooth. Anyway, let's move on with the headline topic of today's show. The Movie Cheer Podcast presents the headline topic for the episode. Remember to spread a head, bit head, of headline topic. Head, head, head. So today's headline topic for Love and Thunder discussion, I will just say before we get any deeper into this, there will be spoilers ahead for the movie. So if you've not checked out for Love and Thunder yet, uh, go and check it out before watching any more or listening to any more of this podcast, ladies and gents. So, as I said, spoilers ahead. Uh, so, yeah, Fall of Thunder drops this week on Disney Plus on Disney Plus Day. Uh, big release. This is a movie I didn't check out at the cinemas at the time. I didn't manage to check it out, unfortunately. But I was really excited for Disney Plus Day with the release of this movie. Uh, so, let's talk about the, the general plot of for Love and Thunder, the fourth movie in the four franchise. Um, general plot, you know, this movie is starts off really... Uh, let's talk about Thor's story, his plot in this. His kind of plot and the, the question is plot thread in this is finding his place in the universe and what what is the meaning of his life, really? Now he's kind of like... He's no longer king. He, he's Valkyrie's king of Asgard. He kind of like gave up that position... And he just wants to find out where he's, where he's pointing, what, what is his, his sort of like place in the universe. And he's hanging around with Guardians of the Galaxy at the start of this movie and they're kind of doing missions, going to strange planets, helping people, helping civilizations on these missions. And, uh, and that's his kind of story. It's like, what, what is his, his point to all of life, really? And then we switch then to Jane Foster's character, played by Natalie Portman, who returns to this movie. I know she was in the first to four movies her character returns and her plot is you know it's a very uh very serious plot really in, in, in you know a very serious storyline and i don't know whether this was actually taken from the comic books with the mighty four run so in in this her plot to this this her story uh story circle in this movie is basically it starts off that she has cancer she has cancer and uh it's basically stage four cancer she has and She's kind of looking for ways to try and cure herself of cancer and, you know, trying everything she can do. And then she reads a, like a, a like a, some text from a book that is like talking about like the, the gods and stuff like that and the Norse gods. And it says like Mojinor, the hammer that was destroyed or fractured in the last movie, Force Hammer Mojinor. And I know I'm probably butchering that name of that hammer and give you great health and great power if held by someone who is worthy. And basically, we see in flashbacks then that Thor said to Mojinor years ago to always protect Natalie Portman's character of Jane Foster. So she goes to New Asgard, and the hammer then starts, like, sort of, like, moving around. It's behind, like, this bulletproof uh, case. And then we see later on in the story, she obviously now is wielding the hammer that has now been fully reformed, and... Um, 
basically she now is mighty four she she is basically you know the the female version of four you have the male version of four with chris hemsworth now you have the female version of four mighty four and she's got all obviously the same kind of costume as four and it looks awesome and she's uh then when she wields the hammer and she becomes mighty four basically her health comes like she she feels better and she the cancer kind of like goes away a bit and we found out later in the story that it's kind of not helping and it's it's actually draining her even more when she becomes mighty four and then we see her in the end she does sadly pass away with with cancer in the dying arms of four uh, but also in this we have the character played by christian bale gore the god butcher who is going out killing all these gods uh he gets the this sword called i think it's called the necrodancer this sword that can kill all gods he's going around trying to kill gods and then it's like this big conclusion at this this big finale where his daughter dies earlier on in the story and in the end he he decides they basically he is trying to get to this place called eternity this, this being that can grant wishes and he basically the oh, fearing what he will you know do with his wishes because he's killing all these gods and in the end, he ends up asking to have his daughter revive before he dies himself. And then basically Thor decides after Jane dies in his arms that he will take on Gore, the good God Butcher's daughter, and kind of adopt her as his own. And that is then where I say about the place in the universe. Thor finds his place in the universe as kind of Uncle Thor, the father figure, and looking after Gore, the God Butcher's daughter in the end, even though he's this villain throughout this story. Uh, so that is the uh, the general plot of the movie. Let's get to honest opinions of Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, I'll say I'm a big big MCU fan. Uh, I I like this franchise. I think this franchise has got better. I will talk about what, what I think are the best movies in the franchise. Honest opinion. I I remember reading a few reviews online. I kind of avoided spoilers a bit. I did hear rumor about the the cancer plot with with jane foster's character i i wasn't sure whether that was going to be uh, a true part of the story or whether it was just someone messing around online putting just like random tweets out and stuff um but honest opinion i really enjoyed the film i really enjoyed it i thought it was a really good film i think it was a good good continuation from from taika waititi's last directed four movie ragnarok uh, it had a different feel to ragnarok i think it went in a different direction it felt like it had a a bit of like a horror vibe to it with the villain. Uh, I think, first of all, you know, the villain Gore, the God Butcher, Christian Bale's villain. I really enjoyed his villain. I thought it was great. Um, it starts off before he gets his powers. Well, he gets cursed, basically, when he uses that sword on the first God he kills. The look, it's like he's got like like white gray skin. He's got like um, sort of like, um, like it looks like sort of like painted, like face paint on as well. And he looks like a like a horror villain. He really like a horror villain vibe. And the scenes with him in I think it's in Nightmare Realm, I think it's called. The scenes are very like horror-like. And I, I think that's where it Ragnarok was very bright, very colourful. This maybe the first couple of scenes with Guardians of the Galaxy, they were quite bright and colourful. But generally a lot of this movie was quite dark um in tone and I thought I thought that was good because it gave it a different vibe. Because I think if they did the same movie as Ragnarok, a very bright, energized, uh, there was definitely still comedy in there, but there weren't as much comedy as Ragnarok for me. And and 
I, I enjoyed the comedy in Ragnarok, but I think, you know, let's, they went for a slightly different direction, a very, you know, a, a very serious plot line with Jane uh, having cancer and, you know, having to deal with that and her trying to come to terms with that. And she's in, in a way she's not really come to terms with that because she is trying to cure herself and trying to, you know, hang on to this mighty four power. And then even though this power is killing her, she, she still uses the power so I, I really like that plot thread. I think it was a really serious story to tell within the MCU. And I think they they told it really well. And, you know, um, I really enjoyed that. And I liked the story of Thor in this, you know, after you know after the battle with, with Thanos in Endgame, he is now just kind of like, he's like a traveler and he's just he's traveling around the universe, just trying to, he's like a free spirit. He's trying to find out his place in things. And... He does, he finds his place. He finds his place, you know, his place in the universe in the end is is to look after this young girl. And even though this guy, Gore the God Butcher, was, you know, kidnapping Asgardian children and trying to kill Thor, trying to kill Jane, Mighty Thor, he still had uh, compassion for him. And, you know, in the end, he decided, you know, he nodded and he said, yeah, I will, I'll take care of her. I'll take care of your daughter who, when she re revised. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, honest opinion, uh, I'll be honest, there was a few little things I didn't enjoy as much. Uh, one little tweak was they changed the composer in this again. They've had a few different composers throughout these movies. The last composer, I think it was, I can't it was Mark Moversborg, I think it's the way you pronounce his name. Um, he's the guy who was the lead singer of the 80s band Devo. Awesome band. And uh, his soundtrack, his score, sorry, for the last movie was fantastic. It was like this synthwave soundtrack. And they did change the score. They got Michael Giottino in. It was, it was excellent, but it was a very different score. And the last movie did still incorporate stuff uh, from, the pre, you know, from the first two, four movies. This one didn't, as far as I'm aware. There may have been tiny little nods, but I didn't hear any of that in this. And it was a shame they didn't incorporate some of them musical themes from the, the last three movies that I, I couldn't hear significantly. I mean, if you notice any of the score moments, maybe I've missed it. Um, but that was kind of like one thing I felt was missing from this movie. Um, but yeah, honest opinion, I really enjoyed it. It was a really fun re release. Even watching it at home, not on the big screen, I still really enjoyed it. It had that big blockbuster feel to it. Uh, let's talk about best moments, though. Um, best moments of this movie. I think the battle when he's with the Guardians of the Galaxy and you've got this like civilized, alien civilization that's been taken over by these... like these like furball aliens it's kind of weird to describe um but basically four and the guardians end up um rescuing them just like the in the process of rescuing and getting rid of these enemies at this civilization they four destroys this big palace that is like this prestigious palace for them uh, i thought that was a really funny moment but i thought what was great and what is great throughout this i mean the score i'm not too big on uh, I will say, though, the soundtrack, the, the musical numbers they've thrown in this movie, superb. They went for like an 80s rock soundtrack, so you've got a lot of Guns N' Roses in there. I, I counted three, three Guns N' Roses songs. I may have missed some, uh, but that scene in particular had uh, Welcome to the Jungle on. And, you know, the trailers was heavy with Guns N' Roses. It had Sweet Child of Mine. That does feature in this movie. And you've got, um, what is the other one as well? Um, Paradise City as well. Another big one in there. So the soundtrack for me was absolutely fantastic and a really standout uh, part of this movie, this, this soundtrack. 
So another part of this movie I really enjoyed as well was the the axe and versus hammer sort of like love triangle. Um, in this, you know, it starts off in this movie that Thor has the, the axe and and then we see later on that Jane has Mojano or his, hammer, his, his previous weapon, the hammer. And Thor is kind of like, we see like this like love triangle where we see scenes where that like, you know, Thor is sort of like proclaiming his love and how much he, he misses the hammer. And then we see the axe kind of like sloping the camera uh, behind him. And he's kind of like, oh, no, 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 I, I do love you as well, axe. <laughs> and I, I, <laughs> that moment really cracked me up. It was just a, a really just like a, just like a small, small little moments, little, uh, little tiny little uh, sprinkles of humor, which I, I really thought added a, a lot of character to this movie and um, but let's let's get to now uh the the final bit you know is this the best four movie is it the is it the best one in the franchise and, and what is the future for the four franchise in general um i will say for me it wasn't the best four movie uh out of the four movie I can't, you know first of all i can't even believe that there's four now four four movies um there's um i i for me the first one was what is weird as well, you know, but this is a character within the MCU, the, the only Marvel character that's had four movies. And I think to start off with, out of Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, uh, them, you know, them first couple of movies coming out of the Avengers phase one, Thor was the, not the strongest character out of the bunch. And now he has become kind of like one of the, the showpiece characters. And I felt like the first movie was decent. It was a decent movie, but it wasn't quite you know quite amazing it wasn't a 10 out of 10 movie for me the second one i honestly for me that is forgettable uh i can't remember that movie i'm gonna have to rewatch it and really give it a, a second opinion ragnarok felt like a, re a big reboot for this a really big reboot and you know freshen up the franchise give the character a new set of legs you know to you know move forward in the avengers and, and for me then after ragnarok he became my favorite Avenger in in the the Avengers movies in Infinity War and and Endgame. I, I for, for sure. And this really for me is probably the second best because I think it tops the first two movies. I think it was a great decision to bring Taika Waititi back because I think he is just so suited to this character now. He just knows the right direction for this character, and it's it's a balancing act of you know. You don't want to do too much humor you because you still want to keep it ca this character very you know real in a way even though it's like this this god character well i felt like they, they they've done it right and taika waititi really did it right here he balanced the comedy and the you know the very serious plot threads here as well with jane's character i i, I thought it was you know really really done well and uh, you know out of the franchise so far this is definitely my second favorite movie I think the villains-wise, Hela in the last movie um, was, who was it? It was Kate Blanchett, wasn't it? She was a fantastic villain. She, for me, is my favorite Marvel, uh, well, my favorite four villains so far. But Gore, the God Butcher, is, is a solid villain. I think, like, he would have been, it's a shame in the way the end, he, you know, his character, was, is, he, he dies, his character. I would have loved to have seen his character again at some point. But, you know, there is always ways they can bring characters back so it's not necessarily the, the the ultimate end for his character but i really enjoyed his performance but i feel like everything comes second place to ragnarok um ragnarok was a, a solid movie it had everything it, for me i think it was well it 
because it refreshed the character so much. It re- redesigned that franchise and gave us something completely different. And I, I really did enjoy that. I thought it was it was a really solid movie. But the future, what is the future of the four movies? It did say at the end of the post credits that four will return. So it, obviously the character is going to return, whether that be in an Avengers movie or a, a four or five. I can I imagine it's going to be there's going to be a fifth movie because. I think this movie did did good numbers still. I don't think it I'm sure it didn't do as well as Ragnarok, but I think it did really good numbers still. I've not got the numbers with me, I'll have to check that out. But uh, I can imagine they're gonna do a fifth movie. I think they would be I think they would be they would be stupid not to rehire Tiger Waititi again. Maybe this movie didn't get you know, I, I think Ragnarok had all the plaudits and this movie didn't seem to have as many plaudits. But it, it's one of those, it's like, you make a solid 10 out of 10 movie. I, I think it was lightning in a bottle, Ragnarok. It was really a great, really fantastic film. And I think anything after is was always going to be second fiddle. And I, I think that's the problem. And I think the same with a fifth movie and a third movie from YTT, like a Ragnarok trilogy, it's always going to be second to Ragnarok. It, I, I, that's the way I personally feel. Maybe. They knock it out of that park. But I, it was the same with the Dark Knight trilogy. The Dark Knight was just this unbelievable movie. Whatever came next was always going to come under scrutiny. And I, I think this was the case here. So I, I hope they do the fifth movie. And I, I, I'd be shocked if they didn't. And I'd be shocked if Taika Waititi doesn't return because it looks like he has a, an absolute blast on set. And I think he really enjoys the cast and the characters he's working with there. Uh, but what would be the plot thread? So we see in a post credit scene that Jane Foster is now in Valhalla, the land of the gods, after she passes away. And you see uh, Idris Elba, his character is there. And I imagine you're going to see more. Maybe Anthony Hopkins is Odin is going to be there. So we also see a, another post credit scene of Zeus, played by Russell Crowe. And he recruits Hercules. And they're kind of like saying, basically, we don't like these superheroes. We're going to, you know, get the destroy the superheroes so is a fifth movie going to be kind of like the gods the the greek gods led by zeus and hercules versus four that could be a potential uh, movie plot I, I for me i think that would be like a minor plot in the movie i don't see it being like the complete uh beginning to finish story of this so i i think there will be an ultimate other villain in the in the movie and maybe you see like hercules and Zeus then teaming up with Thor to take on another villain because I, you know, Hercules and Zeus in the comics, as far as I know, they're not villainous characters. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but as what from what I've read, they're not not kind of like as well as Hercules anyway. I don't know if Zeus has been heavily featured in the comics, but yeah, I think that's the the direction I would personally go with for moving forward with the Thor franchise. But overall, Thor: Love and Thunder, a superb watch. Disney Plus Day exclusive release. I think it was a, a top release for Disney Plus Day. I'm happy I've seen it. I really enjoy this franchise and I can't wait to see what happens in the future for this character. Uh, so that is today's headline topic over, ladies and gents. Let's move on with the rest of the show. It's time for the Movie Variant Showdown segment of the show. Are you ready?
Movie Variant Showdown. Each and every week, I choose a different representative of a movie property, whether it be a case cover, a movie poster, a, a movie itself, and I put it up against other variants of that representative. And this week on Movie Variant Showdown, I will be looking at the Lightyear movie case covers. That is right, Lightyear uh, came out earlier on this year. And uh, I first of all, I think it was a really good movie. If you've not checked out Lightyear yet, uh, definitely check it out. It's a really, really fun movie. Uh, but I've got a few different case covers there. So we've got the, the Blu-ray case cover for the movie, the uh, the standard 4K case cover, and then there's a Zavi exclusive uh, case cover, uh, steelbook as well. So first of all, let's look at the, the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray cover, I will say the case cover is the same as the DVD case cover as well. So let's take a look at this first of all. Um, it's, you know, this case cover is really bright, energized, the Blu-ray cover. You've got Buzz Lightyear, the character, obviously it's the astronaut, Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, not the actual toy this, this time around in this movie. And you've got his, his little companion cat friend. I can't remember what the cat was called now. I think it, it was Socks, isn't it? It's called Socks the Cat, uh, the robotic cat. This is great. You know, in the background, you've got kind of like that space sort of hyperspeed uh, space look. And it's just like a really, really cool visual in the background for an astronaut. Uh, the suit looks amazing. It looks really detailed here. I love the, the detail on the suit. And you can see his whole suit. But, you know, you can see the full suit here, which looks amazing. Uh, the text, you've got the text here in this light year sort of like um, sort of uh, this this font is like this futuristic uh, blocky type font um, that is uh, really, you know, it's got a, like a, a white top and then it go it has that gradient into uh, a darker color, like a gray at the bottom. And it looks, you know, it's really prominent, the text. I like the text on it. I think it's really good. And I think what I like about it as well, you know, I like it when movies put the center characters center stage and Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear, the character is the main character here. And it works well. And I think it blends well. The, the colors work well here. And, um, you know, the contrast is a lot of like blues and whites in here, a mix of a bit of a purple in there too. But I think it all works really well. It really pops this cover. So that is the Blu-ray cover. I think it's a really solid start and a solid cover. Uh, now let's check out the, the 4K, the standard 4K, plus it includes the Blu-ray as well. This is slightly different. So we have a very different cover this time around. You've got, first of all, let's start off. It's a bit darker, um, a bit of a darker uh, color scheme to this rather than the the blu-ray the text is the same the same text same same style font this time around it's at the very bottom in the sort of like right hand corner of this case cover uh, you've got then you've got buzz's character lightyear side on so you've got his side on face and it is a close-up shot this time so you don't really see his full suit like in the last image you see is like he's he's got his space helmet up He's looking into the distance and you see in the backdrop, it's space this time. It's not like a light speed shot. It's a, you know, it's like he is in space. He's exploring. And uh, this is a shot, you know, you got that close up shot here looking into the horizon. What is he looking at? He's looking into what the plot is of this movie, I'm sure. Um, look, it's it's not as, I, I think the, the last case cover was better because it's it shown, I, I think the, the full look at the, the suit looks really great and really detailed, and I think it really pops. This isn't a bad cover. It's a very, you know, it's a, a bit more bit more of a minimal cover. Uh, I do like it as, as still that it's got, you know, it's got the central character in here. 
but it still kind of looks like um it looks like that it could be the toy version of this as well it doesn't look like it could be uh, a human character instead of a toy character it doesn't really look any different than the toy whereas either one looked a bit different for me it kind of looked visually a bit different uh, but I think just overall, I think it's a nice cover. I do like this 4K cover. For me, though, the Blu-ray is still winning through. I think the Blu-ray cover is the better cover so far. Uh, so now let's take a look at the final case cover for today's edition of Movie Variant Showdown. And the final case cover is the uh, Lightyear Zavi exclusive 4K Ultra HD Steelbook that includes the Blu-ray as well. Uh, so this Blu-ray, this uh, Steelbook cover is very different again. The First of all, let's, let's talk about this Steelbook. It's got a very grey colour scheme to this, grey and black. And it's a wide shot of, of, of Buzz here. You can see the full costume, which I like here again. Uh, it's not in space. It kind of like looks like it's in, it's on the actual, the planet the movie is set in. And it's kind of like this sort of like this base of, of where Star Command is on and the backdrop here. And then, like I said, you've got the text at the bottom, the same text font again, a bit smaller. It's kind of minimized this time and it's kind of went into that fade of the black in the bottom of the of the case cover. Uh, I like this. I, I think it's, you know, it's nice. I don't think it's as bright, though. And I think for a Disney, a Pixar movie, it should be bright. It should be exciting. And the tone of this movie, even though I feel like they're trying to do like kind of a bit not kiddish themes like in, in Toy Story, it's it's trying to go in a, a slightly, I wouldn't say adult direction, but a more serious, you know, a serious direction, a bit more of a serious story of like uh, this space ranger and these space missions. And I feel like they're trying to go for a bit more of a serious look here, but I think for a Pixar movie, this doesn't really, it looks like a very serious look for this cover. And for me, that doesn't reflect what the movie is. I feel like it is, there's definitely points in the, moment, in the story that is, you could take as like, oh, that's like a, a kind of a serious moment. But for me, it doesn't really reflect the what the story is. And I think the story is bright. It is uh, full of energy. It's an exciting, entertaining story. And this cover doesn't really give that for me. Um, so I do like this cover, but for me, it doesn't reflect what the movie is about and it doesn't have, the uh, the brightness and uh, of what the the movie does reflect. So, I do think the Blu-ray, the standard Blu-ray, which is also the DVD cover, is the best. And for me, you know, it's just it's it's a great color scheme. I think the the light speed backdrop is great. Buzz's suit is so detailed on it, and it looks fantastic. Uh, I, I I love the look of that, and it really for me, you know, it says what that movie is. It's just it's a light year movie. It's a story about this astronaut. Buzz Lightyear, and I, I really like that. And for me, uh, the Blu-ray is the winner on today's edition of Movie Variant Showdown. Now, let's move on with the rest of the show. The Amazon Top 10 is approaching. Prepare yourself. 10, 9, 8, 7, Six, five, four, three, two, one. The Amazon Top 10 has arrived. 
The Amazon Top 10. Every week, I look at the bestsellers list on Amazon.co.uk for the bestsellers in DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K sales. And this week, let's start off with number 10 in the Amazon Top 10. We start off with Operation Mincemeat, the DVD, at number 10. At number 9, we have... Jurassic World Dominion Blu-ray at number nine. Number eight, we have Belfast on DVD. That's a movie I, I'm, I'm meaning to check out. I've seen a few. I know, I know it's hit streaming and stuff as well recently, so I'm going to be checking out Belfast soon, seeing what that movie's about, because that's been in the top ten for quite some time now, so it must be a decent movie, that one. Uh, at number seven, we have the Blu-ray of Marvel Studios for Love and Thunder. And uh, let's see where we are. Number six, we have... One I couldn't pronounce the last week, but now hopefully I'm not going to butcher it this week. At number six, we have Doctor Who, the, abom the Abominable Snowman. Yes, I nailed it. Yes. <laughs> I feel I feel succeeded in something today. At number five, we have, and that, that's a DVD, by the way. At number five, we have Doctor Who Series 13 Specials Steelbook on Blu-ray. At number four, we have For Love and Thunder, the DVD. DVD of For Love and Thunder. Great movie, obviously the headline topic of today's show for Love and Thunder. Great, great movie. Uh, at number three, we have The Batman, the Blu-ray of The Batman. At number two, we have the DVD of Elvis, another movie I've still not checked out. I know a lot of people do like that. I keep on seeing stuff on YouTube, you know, like the, the comparison shots of Elvis, the movie performance versus the, um, the performance of the character, um, Sorry, the real Elvis. That's at number two. And at number one, we have Downton Abbey, A New Era. And that is on DVD. <laughs> DVD, Downton Abbey, A New Era. And that is the Amazon Top 10 for this week, ladies and gents. Let's move on to the next segment of today's show. Ooh, what's been on the screen? What's been on the screen? What have I been watching this week from movies to TV shows to trailers? What have I been watching, ladies and gentlemen? Well, first off, let's start off with uh, House of the Dragon, the, the Game of Thrones uh, spin-off show. It's into its third episode now, I think it is. And I will say this is the only fantasy show I've watched this week. I've still not caught up with the, the latest episode of Rings of Power. That's one I've still got to catch up on this past this week. Uh, but yeah, uh, House of the Dragon for me has been solid. Two solid episodes so far. This one, another solid episode. Had a great, a really cool battle at the end of this movie. At the end of this um, this episode, uh, I will say spoilers for the episode ahead for House of the Dragon episode three if you've not watched it, and spoilers for the first two episodes I suppose as well. Um, you have the king. Is it Viserys or Viser? I'm these names are going to click with me eventually. I, I know the, the the daughter is called Rhaenyras. Or an era, um, basically, you know, he he married basically the king Targaryen. In the previous episode, he announces he's going to marry his daughter's best friend, who is you know obviously very very young girl. And then we see we see in the the second episode where there was a slight ta uh, time jump of like a couple of months, I think it was. In this episode, 
the uh, they do another time jump, and it's like a two-year time jump. So we see at the end of the last episode, where he's kind of announcing he's going to marry this this girl, his, his daughter's best friend. Now we see in this episode, um, she is pregnant, but she's already had a kid. She's had a kid. The first son is like two years old, or he's, a, sorry, he's like a year old or so. And uh, she's due to have another baby soon. So I'm watching this episode, and I, I put it on, and I'm like, have I have I skipped the week? Have I have I have I missed out somewhere? Have I have I missed? <laughs> Did they do like a double episode last week and I didn't I didn't watch it or something? The time jumps. This is what I want to get to. A great episode. Like I said, the, the end battle was great. I think Matt Smith as Damon is great, and that end battle scene was classic Game of Thrones. Just a solid battle against the the crab feeder. <laughs> great, honestly, really well shot scene. I imagine that took weeks to film. Um, but it was superb, uh, really well constructed and just looked epic. And that's what I like from Game of Thrones. You've got dragons, you've got bow and arrows, it's just sword fighting, it's it's superb. But these time jumps, are, what, are they affecting the show? Um, I, I think it becomes a bit confusing at times because when they skip stuff, I feel like they could have definitely told the story... Uh, uh, there's a gap there where they could have really told a story, but maybe I feel like this is this is Game of Thrones, but it's kind of a bit like a, a an anthology show, and I feel like that's the way it's going to go. This show in general, with these time jumps, because we know the two young girls are going to be recast at, later on in this ep- this season, and they're going to be played by uh, older actors. So there's going to be a time jump again. They're going to see a significant time jump. I imagine over probably like ten years or so at least. Um, but where does this move forward beyond season one? Do we see is see if this goes to six seasons, is this going to be a show where we see continuous time jumps and we see different generations of the Targaryen family? And I don't think that is a bad thing, but I think I, I, I would just like to know just a bit more clarity on, on what the direction of this show is for the future. And are these time jumps going to be? Is this time jump thing going to be every episode or? Am I going to be going into every episode now thinking, oh, it's going to be another year ahead or another few months ahead? Or am I, th- am I going into the episode thinking this is directly taking place after the last episode? That's what I, I kind of need clarity on. And I know it's, you know, you're probably saying, no, AP is not a big thing. You know, um, it, you're going to suss it out. And I, I think you do suss it out, but I think it's just, it just adds a tiny bit of a sprinkle of confusion. And whereas Game of Thrones, the, the main show didn't have them time jumps, didn't have that feel of confusion over where, where you are in the timeline of things. Uh, I, I get why they're doing it. I think they're trying to tell like the whole story of this Targaryen uh, family tree. But I just feel like we just need a bit of, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the, the showrunners have already answered this question. Maybe I've not dug deep enough. Maybe they've already said that there's going to be continuous time jumps. Um, if that's that's the case, fair enough. But I, I think I need to like just find out for myself a bit more clarity because the time jumps, I think they're going to become a bit more confusing because, like I said, you're going into it and they mention, oh, it's like two-year-old baby. But I, I think there's going to be an episode where you're like, it's really been, it's been a time jump. Because <laughs> I, I, know, I know I was feeling that a bit in this episode. Uh, but yeah, really solid episode again. I'm really enjoying this this show in general. I think it's a, a great show, and yeah, I I, I think it is the super uh, just a perfect sequel sequel show, well prequel to Game of Thrones. Uh, another episode of She Hulk dropped this week. 
Um, I won't get heavy into spoilers, but we we see more of Wong uh, from the Doctor Strange movies in this, the Sorcerer Supreme, and we see more of him like in his own home and stuff like that. And uh, it, it's pretty funny. We see a scene where <laughs> he's watching Sopranos in his house, and it, obviously you think he's he's got like this ancient like you think he wouldn't be a guy watching TV. He's watching Sopranos, and he gets like some of the the some spoilers for Sopranos and stuff like that. I thought it was pretty funny. Wong is again, he's a he's another great character. We didn't see uh, the abomination in this episode. Um, but I, I really I, I really am enjoying this show now. It's more and more, it's just a, a show that has grown on me. If I look back to that first episode, it feels a very different show now. And I think it is a really a really fun show. I, I think what I will say is though the supporting cast is what appeals to me more. I, I do like Jennifer Walters, but I think the supporting cast really like it, the Abomination, Wong, um, in this episode, Donnie Blaze as well, this magician character. I think the side characters are really bringing me to like this even more. And um, I, I feel like I'm going to enjoy Jennifer Walters even more now because I, I'm liking the characters surrounding her. And I think, you know, hopefully I'll enjoy her character a lot more, even more. So I think it's just the CGI was a bit jarring, you know, first couple of episodes. And I think it's still, this episode was a, a bit better. The scenes where she's in the office and she's got the suit on, they're kind of the, the scenes where I'm looking at it. it looks really bad. But there's other scenes where it's like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed She-Hulk. And I think there was a teaser online to say Daredevil will be in. I, I don't know if they're having a break now. There's like a mid-season break or whatnot. Or, but I think the next episode is apparently going to feature Daredevil. So that's going to be exciting to see Matt Murdock in that episode. But another really fun episode it's a show you don't take too seriously. It's like a, it's like watching a sitcom. It's funny. It's a funny show. Um, what I'll say as well, uh, this past week, we saw the debut of another Black Adam trailer. Another Black Adam trailer. I think it dropped yesterday. And I checked it out and there's like, you know, there's massive amount of views, millions of views on this clip, this trailer. And I, I like the look of this movie, Black Adam. It's going to feature the, you know, the anti-hero Black Adam, played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson coming out in October and he's taken on like kind of the Justice Society of America. Dropped another trailer. I don't think this trailer really gives us that much more than what we have seen before. I, for me, it's like in this trailer, it ends with this, this sort of like line by Pierce Brosnan and one of his characters, one of the characters, I think he's Dr. Fate in this, in the Justice Society of America. Of America. And he says like, you're either this world's um, sort of like, villain or something like that and he or you're this this world's um savior and it was just kind of like a very cliche line and it's just like why can't we just have a villain i think maybe i've said this before i, w I would love it if his villain if his black adam character was just a pure villain pure villain and just was just a despised character on screen and just they built him up as a villain and he wasn't an, an anti-hero he was a villain i i would love it if it, but you know it's going to be where he's got villainous tendencies a bit in this movie, but in the end, he'll end up teaming with the Justice Society of America to take on some more evil threat. And that's that's the way this story's going to go, isn't it? it we, we all know it. It's kind of like a Suicide Squad-type storyline. It's even got Amanda Waller um, in this in this movie as well, so it's kind of got that Suicide Squad vibe to it. Um, but yeah, it doesn't feel like they're going to be delivering... I'm, I'm looking forward to the movie. I think it'll be a fun watch, but... I don't think it's going to be a groundbreaking movie. I don't think it's going to be anything new to the genre of superhero movies, which is 
what I want to see. I want to see new superhero movies. I want to see new superhero movies that have different flow, different ideas, different chemistry, uh, different story plot threads, and different types of characters from what you see in the other movies. This is the reason why movies like Morbius don't work, because they just do this jet, the same old, same old stuff. They need to do something new, and hopefully, maybe I'm hoping I'm going to be completely wrong, and this movie is going to be amazing. It's going to do something new, groundbreaking, because The Rock has been working on this for years. But, at the same time, the trailers are not really making me, uh, you know, pumped up for this movie. I'll say that anyway, but... It's worth checking out. I think it'll be a decent watch when it comes to the cinemas. Uh, I will definitely be watching it when it comes out. Uh, but that's what I've been watching this week. And that is it for another show, ladies and gents. Uh, if you enjoyed this show today, please do give it a like and subscribe to the channel if you are watching on YouTube and check out the rest of the movie-related content on the channel. If you're listening to this via, via a podcast app of your choice, please do leave a five-star review and subscribe to the app, to the to the Movie Cheer podcast. It really helps the podcast to grow even further and to the, for the community to grow as well. Uh, but it's been a really fun show again today, and I really enjoyed watching Fall Love and Thunder and discussing it in today's episode. Uh, hopefully the, uh, the new look of the podcast uh, isn't too bad. Like I said, this will be improved. The backdrop will be improved over time as well. We'll get this right eventually. Uh, but yeah, it's been a great episode. I really enjoyed it. A uh, really good movie to discuss on today's episode. Uh, let me know all your thoughts on Thor, Love and Thunder. What did you think of the movie? Did you enjoy it? Uh, is this a movie that you watched on Disney Plus today? Let me know all your thoughts on that movie. Let me know all your thoughts and the rest of today's topics as well. Uh, there's obviously the, the case cover on Movie Variant Showdown, Amazon, Amazon Top 10, and the TV shows on what's been on the screen let me know all your thoughts on today's discussions uh, thank you very much for watching ladies and gents remember to spread a bit of movie cheer and as always i will see you next time